Hello and welcome to episode 50. Of Holy the Casual- moly, 50 episodes? I know, of the Casual <laughs> Try Hard podcast. I'm Brian. And I'm James. And uh, I guess this is the uh, holiday edition? Yeah. <laughs> uh, so we're going to go through some stuff today on communication. A little bit of communication. A little uh, bit of finance, a little bit of Christmas money spending tips. Yeah, I felt like uh, there was enough to do a quick finance recap. I know we haven't talked about that in a little while, but that is something that I enjoy about you know, this game also is the finance aspect, and there's a little bit going on that I wanted to touch on. Yeah, so you can tweet at us at Casual Tripod. I'm still sending out deck lists when they show up and things like that. And yeah. Again, Magic Twitter has been awful this week, so uh, yeah, you do such do a great job you. about getting rid of all that bullshit, though. <laughs> yeah, let me do the, let me do the hard work for you. Yeah, uh, you can find us on Facebook at Casual Tryhard MTG, or you can email us at show at Casual Tryhard MTG and after you listen to the finance section, if you want to go to uh, tcg.casualtryhardmtg.com, that's our link to get us a little bit of support if you buy cards from TCG. Yep, that would be awesome, and we would certainly appreciate it. Our Q&A episode is next week, so if you got any last-minute questions you want answered, by all means, send them in. Okay. Um, we have had you know, quite a few questions sent over to us that people want answered, but we could always use some more. So Yeah. This next section is kind of a continuation of playing in paper. Yep. And it's kind of magic shorthand, magic lingo. Yeah, it's all the stuff that somebody that didn't know anything about the game, if they walked up to a match and, you know, listened to two people converse about the game happening, this is all the stuff that would confuse them. Yeah, and it's not game Terminology. Yeah, it's not like scry. No, this is all stuff that, uh, like, players have made up. Yeah, as, as the game has gone on. Yep. We've done our best to kind of put together the... The main ones. We mm-hmm. probably have forgotten something, but... If we did, you guys should let us know. Yeah. So the first one we have here is from Alpha, mm-hmm. and it's just Bolt. Yep. It's uh, just dealing three damage to something. I'm going to bolt your bird. I'm going to bolt your elf. I'm going to bolt you. Yeah, and it's not that you are actually... Um, casting Lightning Bolt. Casting Lightning Bolt. Right. It's any kind of three damage spell. Yep. So like Lightning Strike, I still say, you know, I'll bolt that. Yeah. Um, if you're plussing Ugin, that's basically a bolt. I call that a bolt also. Yeah. This kind of leads into the other one. If you fetch shock, mm-hmm. sometimes someone will say, well, I'll just bolt myself. Yeah, that's true. Right? Because you deal, end up dealing yourself three damage, one from the fetch and two from the shock land yep. coming in untapped. Yep. So that's the next one is shock. Comes from the card shock, kind of like lightning bolt, except only two damage. Uh, from Onslaught, I think, was the first printing. Or was it Temp? Tempest or Stronghold? Oh, maybe. Like, isn't on, Onslaught is the goblin yeah. that gets, or the... The Atog. The Atog that gets roasted. There's yeah. one before it. It's the oh, guy that's like falling backwards oh, yeah, 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 with yeah. the lightning around him. That's like Stronghold yeah. or Tempest, somewhere around in there. All right. We're old. We are old. <laughs> so yeah, Shocklands also. They've got their name Shocklands because they deal two damage to you if you want them untapped. Shocking. Yes. Uh, the next one is Dork. Yep. So usually in in the the parlance of like mana dork, right? And that's just any kind of like it used to just be a one mana creature that would then tap for mana was a mana dork. Yeah, it's kind of expanded lately though because we up until recently haven't had one mana mana dorks. They've all been two mana. We had a five year break on yeah. the one mana mana dork. Yeah, in which case two mana mana dorks were also dorks like yes. uh, Leafkin Druid or Paradise Druid. Or that one, that the one three for yeah, one yeah, of the yeah. green. I forget what it's called. Yep. Yeah. So if someone's like, you know, 
play my dork. Yep, or kill your dork. Or yeah, they're just playing. They're dealing with a mana creature. Yep. Uh, the next one is Wrath from Wrath of God, all the way back from Alpha. Refers to destroying all creatures. Uh, I mean, technically, I guess it could be any type of permanent, but yeah, mainly all creatures. So if someone's like, I'll cast a Wrath. Right. You're killing everything. Or they'll say, like, Wrath, your board. Right. Uh, that's their control player, and they either have no creatures <laughs> or they have, like, some sort of one-sided effect. Yeah. And, like, Wrath will get used if they're just killing all the creatures, even if it's not, like, Wrath that they cast, like, Cry the Carnarium. Right. And they kill everything. They'll be like, okay, Wrath the board. Yep. And then start over. Mm-hmm. Right. So, yeah. The next one is Mill comes from antiquities i think was millstone yeah clearly you didn't listen to the most recent uh, limited resources where they did i did a not arabian nights antiquities set review oh yeah with lsv and the ben sec that sounds fantastic how did i miss that they also did one like two years ago for alpha did they, they? Did, they did a full alpha set review and this was man the full... must be a slow time of year for content. <laughs> yes, and this this was the full Antiquities Arabian Nights. I'll have to go check that Something out. Something I didn't know is that Antiquities every card in the set mm-hmm. was either an artifact, yeah. or had the word artifact in it. Every card, really? Every card. There were it was like an eighty card set. Forty of them were artifacts. Yeah. The other forty referenced artifacts referenced in ar- some way. Yeah, like there was like maybe. I like six to seven cards of each color yeah that weren't artifacts and like red had three ways to destroy artifacts and four ways to sacrifice them oh and those were all the red cards wow that was it <laughs> uh, hmm. so at that so yeah uh millstone yeah millstone is the card comes from antiquities and then uh what millstone did was it Took two cards from the top of a library and put them in that player's graveyard. And it was the first instance of a card that tried to use the decking right. rule. The If you have no cards in your deck and you draw a card, you lose the game. Yep. Oh, and I just used another one, decking. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, we'll get to that in one second. Uh, it was the first instance of a card that basically attacked your library. Right. To try to have you lose the game that way. Yep. So this is any effect... That puts cards directly from your library into your graveyard mm-hmm. is a mill effect. Right. So it's like, I'll mill you for four. So when they cast the, what is it, Merfolk Safe, Safekeeper? Yeah, well, I forget what the sorcery side is. Like, oh, yeah, I don't know. Digging deeper or something deeper. When they say, like, mill you for, when they cast that and mill you for, four, for yeah, four. That's where it came from. Yeah, they're taking the four cards off the top of your library, putting them in your graveyard. So then decking yep. is. When you lose the game because... You have to draw a card from an empty library. Yes. So it's like, oh, I got decked out, mm-hmm. which means I just ran out of cards in my library yeah. and things like that. So anytime someone says, I got decked, or, oh, he's trying to deck you, mm-hmm. it's they're trying to run you out of cards in your library. Yeah. It typically has like a negative connotation. It's not a super fun way to lose, if that you know means anything. It's not a super fun way to lose... And typically, the strategy is bad. Yeah. Like, the fact that it's, like, viable in Throne of Eldraine pre-balanced arena draft. Yeah. That was rare. Mm -hmm. They usually will put... Some sort of mill effect. Three-ish, like, borderline build-around mill cards in a limited format. And 
that it's never great though never good yeah the fact that you know you could get like even in a paper draft i got milled out recently in this format where you were like where you could get like three merfolk secret keepers and then run away together yeah to keep casting them like that's super rare so usually part of the reason it's like negative a negative connotation is new players yeah really love trying to like <laughs> mill people casual players also doesn't have to be just new but less yeah. less competitive players they really love like, to mill people and so it's like and it's not a very good yeah thing and that's usually part of the reason it feels bad to lose to it is you're like I know this isn't good right so the next thing is something that we've talked about a whole bunch especially coming up in this time of year when we're going to be doing card valuations soon, and that's uh, Bear. Okay. Bear is, again, from Alpha. The card was Grizzly Bears, and it was a two-mana 2-2. Simple. Yep, that's it, two-mana 2-2. So Bear is has been extended to any two-mana 2-2. Two -two. Mm -hmm. There is a subclass of Bear that is the Hate Bear. Yeah, so hate bears are bears that have some taxing ability stapled onto them. Yep. Like Leon and Arbiter mm -hmm. is like uh, the quintessential hate bear. Mm -hmm. It says if you want to search, is a one and a white two-two. If you want to search your library, if anyone wants to search, yeah. they have to pay one. Yep. So it has like a tax or a way that like gums up the game. Yep. Stapled onto the bear. Yep. I mean, Thalia is kind of a bear too, even though she's not a two-two. Yeah. So let's say still like, a bear. There's yeah. also like the the hate bear. Yeah. Family is not limited to two twos. Right. They're just cheap creatures that have some sort of tax. Usually, effect. like usually two mana yeah. creatures that have some sort of taxing effect go into the hate bear camp. So yep. Thalia is a two-one with first strike. She's an honorary. She's honorarily the queen of the bears. Right. Of the hate bears, but Ayula <laughs> is Ayula's actually the queen, queen of the, of the bears. bears. <laughs> but Thalia is the queen of the hate bears. And then, like wizards, also kind of plays around with this stuff a little bit in the mystery booster drafts that we did. One of the playtest cards was Bear with Set Mechanic. That was the name of the card. Yeah, which is something that like they do all the time. Yeah, they will just have yep. a two mana two two that has whatever mechanic. Yep. Or like the invoker cycles. Yep. That come up so every so often, they're like... Bear with upside. A bear with like usually some like big mana upside. Yep. So we have uh, this is a, a squire. Yeah. Oh, it... Uh, yeah. It, 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 it auto-corrected it auto to... <laughs> to uh, a fraction. To a fraction, so I was super confused. I was like, what? Yep. Uh, the card squire is where it came from. Um, that one, I don't know the set. It I was, think it might be alpha. It's, no, it's it, was, early. it wasn't alpha. It's, but it's a one and a white for a one-two. Yep, a one-two. It had to be like Tempest or one of those. Yeah, Stoneforge Mystic. Yeah. If you don't have an equipment to search for. It's just a squire. It's just a squire. Yep. So it's like, I don't know if this is good enough when it's just a squire. Mm -hmm. Or if they like, you know, blow up your equipment. You just played a squire or something. Yep. And again, you'll hear people, like you just said, it's just a squire or whatever. You'll hear people using some of this terminology while doing card valuations, which is kind of why it's nice to talk about it right now, because in a couple of weeks, we're going to be doing a whole bunch of card valuations. Oh, here's another one that's not on the list. Raging Goblin. Yep. Oh, it's a just a Raging Goblin. Yep. It's just a one mana, one, one haste. Yep. And sometimes then, they're good, sometimes they're not. And then Goblin Piker. Yep. Is it's the a two one first strike for two? 
Something like that, yeah. Yeah. So they're like, oh, it's just a goblin piker. Yep. It's like, yeah. Uh, or, ooh, forgot all, all these, all Grey Ogre. Oh, yeah. Grey Ogre is a 2-2 uh, two, two for three mana. And then Hill Giant. And Hill Giant is a 3-3 three, three for four mana. Yeah, these cards are all from Alpha. And Most it, of them are, yeah. yeah. If you if you are hearing these mana costs and going like, man, these are trash compared to like what we normally get now. <laughs> yeah, creatures yes. were bad. Creatures were awful. Yeah. Like there were like six creatures that are like uncommon power level now that yeah. like still see play like Sarah Angel. Yeah. A five mana four four Vigilance. Like that still gets printed from time to time. Yeah, that was like the pinnacle, one of the <laughs> pinnacles of like early Magic creatures. So if you if you go back to when I used to play Magic when I was in high school, like up until Mirage Visions era, we were not allowed to have a four mana four four without it having a downside. Yes. So think like Jazam Jin. Four mana five five is a four mana five five that damages you every turn. That was the best creature in the entire game. Yes, Urhamjen was a four mana four five that made your opponent's creatures unblockable every turn. Gave them gave one forest creature walk. forest walk. Yeah, and now we have shifting ceratops. Yeah, four mana five four with all upside or uh, questing beast. Questing Beast. Four mana, four, four with wall of text that's all great. Nightpack Ambusher. Yeah. Yeah. Four yeah. mana, three, three that kills something. It's a four mana, four, four. Oh, Nightpack. Yeah, I was thinking Wicked Wolf. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> four mana, four, four. Yeah. Or Wicked Wolf. Yeah. Yeah, things have come a long way. So when like Long way. So when someone says like, oh, it's just a Grey Ogre, that's not like high praise. Right. No, that yeah, is no like, that's that, bad. That is like, oh, that's bad. <laughs> it's like, oh, that's just a Grey Ogre. Yep. All right, so ping. Mm-hmm. Ping, I don't really think it comes from anywhere necessarily, although it is tangentially related to another one that's not on the list. Tim? Tim, yeah. Uh, so ping is an ability that deals one damage to something. So like... Ren and six. It's, Ren and six, yep. Neg one, pings a creature, or pings a any, player. Any target. Yeah, yep. ping something. Yep. Fanatical firebrand. Yes. Sacrifice it to deal one damage to any target. Those are things that ping. Yes. And they come from Tim. Tim was a card from Alpha, Prodigal Sorcerer. Yes. Uh, which was a three mana 1-1 one, one that tapped to do one damage to any target. What color was it? It was blue. Yeah. So blue used yep. to have like direct damage. Yep. Psionic Blast. Psionic Blast, which was <laughs> three and a white. Or sorry, three, three and a and blue. blue. Deal four to any target. You take two. Yep. Uh, it got color shifted to Char. Right. Tim is- also got color shifted to prodigal pyromancer and one of those time time, time sets yeah time yeah whatever yeah so the color pie as we know it now where you're like well blue would never get like right direct damage wasn't as like well thought out yeah 25 years ago do you know what uh tim was a reference to i do not oh man here we go i'm showing my age now so Tim is from uh, Monty Python and the Holy Grail. I was going to guess that. Yeah, it was the wizard. Okay. Some call me Tim. See, I never <laughs> knew that. There we yep, go. There you go. So yeah, there we go. So there's Ping. And then we have Wheel, mm-hmm. which comes from Wheel of Fortune. Yep. Which is two and a red sorcery. Everyone discards their hand and draws seven cards. Yep. So wheel is just shorthand for 
any effect that has you draw seven cards. Um, well, not necessarily that. Like, wheel is more about discarding your hand and then drawing. Typically, like, recently cards that have been printed with this effect aren't draw seven. They're going to be discard your hand and draw that many cards or discard your hand and draw a number of cards equal to, like, the most cards discarded this way or something like that. Yeah, I guess the heartfelt reunion mm-hmm. was, like, discard your hand, draw that many cards plus one Yeah, to make up for having to play heartfelt reunion yeah uh sometimes like chandra's first negability will be something along this effect yeah when you watch cube players uh when you want if you watch like a cube draft if people are like drafting storm they're like oh i have to get the draw sevens yeah which any of the like wheel effects that mm-hmm. draw you seven to wheel of fortune yep time twister time twister time spiral all fall into that same kind of category mm-hmm. speaking of uh drawing stuff we have loot yep one of your favorite effects. Yes, so looting <laughs> is when you draw and then discard. In that order. In that order. That comes yeah. from, I do believe, Merfolk Looter. Okay. Was, like, I think one of the first cards to do it. Yeah, I wasn't sure whether it was Merfolk Looter or Faithless Looting. Uh, Merfolk Looter was first. Was it first? Yeah. It, it was, it's Yeah, it was Zendikar, right? Maybe before that, because uh, Zendikar's loot guy was the, was the one that... Uh, I thought it was Merfolk Looter. No, because it was the the cryptologist, the the like the head levels where you like oh. level one it looted, level two it did something else, and then like the last level you just drew a card. Oh, okay. But I think Merfolk Looter is from like Tempest or something. Oh wow, okay. Uh, let us Way look. older than I thought. Let me find where where my fingers go on the keyboard. All right, while you're looking that up, I'll do the next one. The next one is Rummage. And it is the opposite of loot. It's discarding first, then drawing. And I don't think that rummage actually came from a card. Well, we have rummage and goblin now. Oh yeah, now now we do. But at the, like people were using this before we Maybe. had rummage and goblin. So a quick search finds merfolk looter was in Exodus. Oh wow. Okay. So tempest block. Yep. Way back when. So yeah. So then faithless looting. Yep. Got its name because you drew two, discarded two. Mm-hmm. So you were looting. You were looting. Yeah. Faithlessly. Faithlessly. Yeah, so rummage, the opposite. So a lot of Chandra's mm-hmm. will rummage. Rummage is a red thing. Loot's typically a blue thing. Yeah. I guess Nahiri. Yep. Uh, like old Nahiri. Yep. Is a rummage effect. Yep. If it has you, let's say, exile the card from your hand and then draw it, it's mm-hmm. still technically rummaging. Yeah. The difference is, is right. You you have to discard before you have the information on what you're going to draw. Right. Whereas looting is typically better because mm-hmm. you have more information. Right. Because you've seen what you've drawn, and if you don't need the card you draw, you drew, you can just discard it. Mm-hmm. Where when you rummage, you're kind of taking a chance. Yeah, you're taking more of a chance because, yep. like, if the card, if you had to discard a C in hopes of drawing an A, and you drew a D right. when you rummage, now you're in a worse off spot. Whoops. Where if looting, if you draw your D, you discard it, and right. you leave the C in your hand. Yep. Bounce? Mm-hmm. Um, it's just return something to hand. Yes. It could be anything. Yeah, so it's just you bounce a creature. So Teferi will, people like will play yeah. little Teferi and go like, well, bounce that. Yep. So just return it to your hand. Mm-hmm. I don't think that's from an actual card. Neither do I. The only thing I know of that has bounce on it is Merfolk Bouncer. Okay. Or no, Waterfront Bouncer. Okay. That is the, it's one of the ones with the untap symbol. Oh, okay. 
Yeah, I mean, we were using bounce when I was a kid, and the only thing that bounced at that time was boomerang. Mm-hmm. And that's not bounce. Boomerangs do not bounce. Yeah, no. no. Crack? Yep. And that's uh, anything with, like, self-sacrifice, right? Typically, the most common use of this is for fetch lands that go yeah. to get another land. You'll say, crack my fetch land. Here's another thing that gets cracked. It's, oh, no, it's the next thing. Egg. It's the next thing, yeah. Egg. So <laughs> eggs are an artifact that will sacrifice and draw a card. Yep. Usually, uh, like, golden egg, uh, the, now it, like, draws the card on the front end. Right. And then will sacrifice for some ability. The old eggs, chromatic star, chromatic sphere, mm-hmm. you didn't get the card on the front end. You, you got, got the, the card when you, when you sacrificed it. Yep. Speaking of drawing cards, the uh, next thing is cantrip. Yeah, you had to explain to me where cantrip came from. I did, yeah. This is basically any cheap spell that draws a card. So brainstorm, ponder, opt, serum visions, they're all cantrips. They yes. just do a small effect and then draw a card. Yeah. Um, and this is a D&D reference. Uh, one of the like really low-level spells that wizards learn in D&D is a cantrip. And it's just a spell with a small effect. So then there's Blink. Yep. So what's Blink do? You will exile something mm-hmm. and then return it to play. And it could be either immediately or at the end of turn. Yes. It's templated both ways. Yeah. So I think this also, I think the end of turn one might sometimes be called like Flicker. Okay. Yeah. Because of Flicker Wisp. Yep. Could be. But so there's, I guess the... I think they're pretty interchangeable, though. Yeah, they are. There's momentary blink might be where it kind of come <laughs> from, or at least like people called it blink, and yeah. then they made momentary blink as a reference to it. Yeah, one or the other. Yeah. Chicken or the egg. Yeah. And then like flicker is in flicker wisp yeah. is a creature that exiles a permanent, and then it returns it at the end of the next end step. Yep. The next thing we have is chump. Almost always referred to as a chump blocker. Mm-hmm. It's just blocking with an insignificant creature to kind of fend off an attack. Yeah, basically you are just putting the creature in the way so it dies yeah. so you don't take damage. Yep. I typically say under the bus. I'll throw this guy under the bus. Yes. It's the same thing. But it's, He's a chump blocker. Yeah, so... Something you don't expect to survive. Yeah. Strategy time. Yeah. Strategy corner. Typically, like, newer players are more hesitant to take damage early in the game. Yeah. So they are will more aggressively chump block. Yep. Right? Like, if you're getting attacked with a 4-4 and you only have a 3-3 three, three, and mm-hmm. you're at 20, just take 4. Yeah. You, you got 4 turns to worry about that 4-4. Four, four. Yeah, right? You could draw a removal spell or a pump spell, mm-hmm. right? But if you chump block with your 3-3 three, three, and then you draw your giant growth, yeah. now you can't try to profitably like kill yeah you wish you had your three three back right so early in the game it's usually not best to chump block yeah or even if you don't draw a pump spell and you draw a kill spell yeah you've just two for one yourself like your creature's gone and you had to use your removal spell on it and you just saved yourself four life yeah which isn't a huge deal well it's not worth a card yeah they've really yet to print the just gain a life card that is worth a card maybe the uh it feed the clan like if yeah. you have ferocious you gain yeah. eight yeah that was close yeah yeah one mana gain eight for a card is maybe good enough mm-hmm. next up is mana sink mm-hmm. uh, it's a place for all your mana to go yep it, down the drain 
<laughs> not necessarily. Actually, it's the opposite of that. It's a place for your mana to go so it doesn't go down the drain. Yeah. Refers to sinking your mana into something um, yeah. instead of wasting it. So it's like, like I said, the invoker cycles mm-hmm. yep, are usually creatures that are cheap early on. Yep, and then have like an eight mana activated ability. Yeah, there's one in Theros. It's blue. It's like a one mana, one, two. Mm-hmm. And you like pay seven in a blue, tap, sacrifice it, draw three cards or draw two cards. Yeah. Right. So you play you can play it early on and then late in the game when you have a bunch of lands, you can yep. spend all your mana to make that to get something out of that card that would otherwise not be any good. Yeah, there was one in Battle for Zendikar, I think, that was like a two mana two two when you could pay, you know, seven and a green to give it plus seven, plus seven till end of turn. And there was also the red one like yeah. dealt three or dealt two to any yeah, target I think for it was the same three. for the same it was like eight mana. Yeah. So they're usually just these cheap, semi insignificant creatures. Or there's also like enchantments that'll do the same thing. Yeah, um it, I mean it doesn't mana sinks can be more broad than that too though. Like it doesn't have to be just, you know, a giant activated ability. Like a hydroid crisis is a mana sink. Yeah. Or majoring network. Like if you were playing during, you know, Origins was a land that you could put, you know, charge counters on to basically save your mana for later. Yeah. Like that's a good mana sink. It's just a, something for you to do with extra mana. When uh, you're Morph. Yeah, Morph is a good mana sink. Especially in Limited when you're playing a game. One thing, a term that you'll hear tossed around is mana advantage or somebody that's making better use of their mana. Using all of your mana. Yeah, using all of your mana is, yeah, like you said, the big thing. Mm -hmm. And just having a place to put, you know, if you have a four drop and you have eight lands in play, just having something to do with that extra four mana, it doesn't even matter how small it is. As long as you're using it, typically you're going to come out better than if you didn't. So, like I said, a mana battery, that's another uh, another terminology, mana battery. Um, But majoring network is a good place to put some of that yeah so basically uh the idea is is that your mana spoils Mm -hmm. you get to use it for that one turn cycle right and if you don't you never get access to that mana again correct so if a mana sink allows you to do anything with that mana other than not use it right you might be able to turn that into some sort of advantage at some point yes so let's save it up for Mm-hmm. a rainy day or a rainy turn <laughs> or just using it to get like just the smallest little mm-hmm. amount of advantage even something that's you know if you had a bear that had one in a white gain a life yep right well you would much rather gain that one life and then, then not, not use your two, two mana yeah so even if it's something small that's not really that impactful mm-hmm. it's, it's better, better than, than getting nothing, nothing. exactly I guess these two go together. Yeah, kind of, sort of. Uh, well, there's there's crackback, yep. but there's alpha also like alpha. Yeah. So an alpha strike is when you just take all your creatures, turn them sideways, and attack. And perhaps you say... Math is for blockers. That's right. <laughs> I'm just attacking with everything, and you work it out and figure out if you die, because yep. I don't want to <laughs> deal with it. I'm just attacking with everything. Or you're attacking with everything, and you're like, you are dead now. Right. You have, here's how you should block, <laughs> and you die. Yeah. Right, so that's when you alpha strike. Yep. When you just swing with everything. Yep, and then after you alpha strike, if you don't kill them, 
you typically die on the crackback. Which is when they just attack with everything at you. Right. <laughs> right. So there's Pleasant Kenobi has the term flunge. Okay, I haven't where, heard this one. Where you're just like, I'm just going to attack with everything because I think I'm dead, and I'm yeah. just going to see if I'm not. <laughs> like, I know if you get to attack, I die. So I'm yeah. just going to flunge. I'm just going to throw all my creatures at you. All right. And then we'll see if you die. Yeah. And if not, I die. <laughs> I hadn't heard that one before. That's a good one. Yeah, where you're just like, it's like a desperation attack. Just, yeah. Whoop. So, yeah, so, so they, oh, I'm going to alpha here. Yeah. Or, oh, they alphaed, mm-hmm. is you've just attacked with everything. Yeah. Especially, like, in limited games, I have certainly reached the point in multiple games where the game's not going particularly well for me and I can feel the window closing. Mm-hmm. So if there is any sort of board stall, a lot of times I'll just flunge, I guess, and just see what happens. And, like, also sometimes it'll, like, clean up the battlefield yeah. where they have to, like, make trades. Yeah. And... You can make things a little simpler. Mm-hmm. I guess another thing about attacking mm-hmm. uh, that is uh, definitely terminology they use on coverage okay. is getting into the red zone. Oh, yeah. So, <laughs> Do you know where this came from? I do. Okay. So this is just attacking with a creature. Oh, yeah. so such and such is going to get into the red zone. It's going to attack. Yep. And that's because the play mats they used in paper coverage for the longest time had yeah. a red stripe right down the middle <laughs> uh to separate the two halves of the battlefield yeah so when people attack they they move their creatures forward and tap them and they would just put them in the red stripe right so they were in the red zone <laughs> so if they say like oh, i'm going to get into the red zone with this or you hear like coverage oh is he going to get yeah. into the red zone with his such and such this turn it's is he going to attack with yeah. this creature? Man, I wasn't sure you were going to get that. That's a good one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah Magic so, trivia, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, getting into the red zone. Uh, so the next one, keeping on theme with attacking, is uh, pump. Yes. And that's anything to make a creature bigger. So giant growth, larger than life, whatever. Uh, Knight of the Ebon Legion. Yep, Knight of the Ebon Legion, self pumps. Yeah, no, Knight of the Ebon Hand. Is the the pump like oh, yeah, cycle yeah, yeah, from yeah. like Fallen Empires? Fallen Empires yeah. is like where like that like pump nights was something that yeah. was like a long time ago. So pump has been like in the vernacular. For, oh, I mean, giant growth was alpha. Yeah, for like a long time. Yep. Was, and actually, giant growth didn't see a ton of play. It was Howl from Beyond. A black and X. Yep. Pay X. A creature gets plus X plus X. Yep. Uh, or plus, plus X plus, plus zero. Yep. And then. Uh, when I was like not really playing, I still bought cards every so often. Hatred. Okay. Three and a three black black. Yep. Pay X life. Target creature gets plus X plus O. Woo. Channel and Howl from Beyond. Yeah. Had a baby. <laughs> Good times. It's hatred. <laughs> yeah. Another attack one is swing. Yep. I'm gonna swing out. Mm-hmm. It's just I'm gonna attack. Yep. Like swing, swing out is I'm gonna attack with everything. Or I'm gonna swing with my bear. Mm-hmm. Is there a they're gonna attack you? So anytime someone says swing, yep, it's just attack. Just attack. Yeah, I don't know where that one started either. Neither do I. I mean, I, it makes sense. Like you take a swing at someone, like you try to punch them. Yeah, but I mean, it could also be like when you tap, tap the cards, they they, they look, swing a little they bit. Swing a, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, the next one is tuck, and this is anything that puts a card back into the library. So yep. like big Teferi. would tuck would tuck something. 
Sometimes he would tuck himself. Go tuck yourself, Teferi. Yeah, Teferi was great about tucking himself. I'm not quite sure where this one came from. I know for a long time it had um, more widespread use in Commander. Yeah, because you would try to like put their Commander into their deck. Yeah, yep, and they referred to that as tucking. That was the old rule. It's not the rule anymore. Yeah, they got rid of that. Yep. I want to play with my Commander. <laughs> I don't have to fight it my 100 cards. That's right. It's worth always be there for me. The next one we have is Ramp, and that's basically any way to get ahead on mana. So whether it's a mana dork or a spell that goes and gets more lands, those are things that ramp you. Where does Ramp come from? Uh, that would be Rampant Growth. Which was search, one of the green, search your library for a, car, for a land, put it on the battlefield, tapped. Yep. That's too good for us now. That is too good for us now. We can, we can have a... Four mana, four fours with walls of text. <laughs> that's fine. Yeah. But getting to that four mana, four four a turn early with a two mana spell. No bueno. No bueno. It's too, too much. Uh, another one that you don't really hear too much in competitive magic, but you will hear a lot in EDH that kind of goes along with this, is a rock. Oh, yeah, like a mana rock. A mana rock, yeah. Um, and that refers to any type of artifact that produces mana. Yes, Uh Mana rocks are also really big in the Vintage Cube. Okay. So those are, you take mana rocks really highly. Yep. Um, do you know where that one comes from? Fell Warstone? It does, yeah. So Fell Warstone, gosh, I don't know the text on Fell Warstone. It's a two mana artifact, and you can tap it for a mana of any color that a land your opponent's control can produce. And that's from like... The Dark. The Dark, okay. Yep. So the Mana Rocks <laughs> did, did an interesting thing. We started out with like the Moxen and Soul Ring. Yeah. And then like a year later, they were like three mana. You can't choose what color mana it produces. It has to produce something that your <laughs> two opponent mana. has. It was two mana. Two mana. But yeah. so like, I can't. And now two mana Mana Rocks are too good for Modern Magic. Yeah. They like come into play tapped and have a downside if they exist at the all. The last two mana Mana Rock I remember... Was from like Shadows Block. Well, there's there's one in standard right now. There is. Yeah, Arcane Signet. Oh, that doesn't count. <laughs> <laughs> you cannot make. That's a Commander Mana Rock, right? Sure, Those are but fine. it's standard legal. Sure. How much mana does it, can it produce in standard? Well, none. None. <laughs> there was. Oh gosh, what was it? It was like two mana, and it could only make. Mana of a color of a permanent that was in your graveyard. Is it Silent Gravestone? No, Silent Gravestone is the exile guy from uh, uh, Cryptolith Fragment. Maybe it was the one that transformed, right? No, I don't think it did. No, hmm. No, but there was that one was like two mana, and you had, like had to jump through a bunch of hoops, yeah. and it was like unplayable. Yeah, and I guess like if you're playing a historic, the mana rock of choice is Mindstone. Yep. Or just two mana tapped at one colorless mana. Yep. And then... You can second draw a card. One pay, mana tap One sec. mana tap sack. Uh, but yeah, so if you hear mana rock, I guess like the mana rocks that we see now are almost always three mana, like mana geode yeah. from war yep. or spinning wheel, mm -hmm. which spinning wheels normally usually will like stick some sort of effect on the yeah. mana rock yep. to make it for the fact that it's three mana yeah like we had uh was it hedron hedron something and, hedron archive yeah that was a good one where it was four mana made two yep and then you could sack it and draw two cards yes oh uh the kind of mana that mana rock made was wingding 
Wingding. Sure. So Wingding, yeah. if you don't know, <laughs> is with the Zendikar, the most recent Zendikar block, they yeah. introduced the specifically colorless mana symbol. And so that was like, I forget the name of it. I know the name of the symbol, but I forget oh, what okay. it's called. I did not know the name of the symbol. The The Pittsburgh Steelers helmet logo okay. is the same symbol. Oh. It's the shape that you get if you put four circles side by side. Oh, and the it's left over. Shape, yeah. That is the shape of the wingding in okay. the in the thing. I forget what it's called. But is that symbol was just colloquially called wingding. Yeah. So Hedron Arc had made wingding wingding, made two wingdings. So why was it called wingding? Cuz that's like the weird symbol font in yeah. uh, Word. Yep. Is the, the name of the font that's all symbols. Yes. And then we have spin, as in spin the wheel. Yep. And this is any, I guess, Pokemon-esque effect where you do something randomly. <laughs> yeah, usually it has to do with the top of your deck, mm-hmm. where you're going to reveal the top card or reveal the top number of cards or look at the top whatever number of cards and then pick one and do something with it. Yeah, so... Where this was used the most was there was like kind of two back-to-back standards. You had Collected mm-hmm. Company, yep. where you'd spin the wheel. You're going to look at the top six. You don't know you're going to get. You're going to hope that you get two, three mana creatures. Right. Uh, you're going to hope you're going to get a spell queller in response to their spell to counter Yeah, you're it. just going to spin the wheel and see what happens. Yep. Right, kind of like roulette. Like, I don't know. It's just random chance that yep. I hit the table. Uh, just <laughs> random chance. Uh, and then you had Aetherworks Marvel. Yeah, that was the big one. Uh, which... Ideally, you made the noise when you spun the wheel, <laughs> but you spin. You would like pay your six energy and be like, yeah. "Come on, Daddy needs an Embercle or an Ulamog." I never really thought of this as roulette. I always thought it of as a uh, Price Is Right. Oh, okay. When you're, you know, for your showcase, to yeah, win your you, showcase to get spot. To the showcase show done. Yeah. Woo! <laughs> yeah. Um, and then our our European listeners are like, "What the hell's the Price Is Right?" <laughs> It's a show with Bob Barker. Now Drew Carey. Not Drew Carey. Bob Barker. <laughs> Bob Barker. <laughs> Nothing against Drew Carey. I like Drew Carey, but... Bob Barker. Bob Barker. Have your pet spayed or neutered. That's right. I guess now the big one is... Urza. Urza. Yeah. Where you just pay five mana, shuffle your deck, and get to cast the top card. Yep. We have or a... play the top card. Golos too. Yeah. But you're just, yeah, you're just like spinning to yep. see what you get, which is all like random chance. Yeah, and that's the big thing. Spin the wheel has some some uh, aspect of randomness in it. Yeah, you just don't know what you're going to get. You can't really like set it up. It's just right. like, well, I hope this works out. Yep. So I think that's uh, all of our shorthand talk. Was there any, any that you thought we missed? I think I like said all the ones that popped into my head as we were doing it. Yeah. So yeah, so this is another thing that is a little intimidating when you like walk into your your first paper match. Yeah, especially if you're, you know, new to the game, have only played with some recent sets, you have no idea what lightning bolt is. like bolt that is and right. you're like so what are we doing again? Yeah. It'll help close that communication gap. Mm-hmm. And even if you're not comfortable using the lingo initially. Yeah, at least you kind of know, what know it's what's talking going about. on. So Right, if you're like me and you play Arena in Silence, like it'll be the first time you've heard anything about the game. Yeah. So I was playing with a uh, uh, noted listener and former uh, teammate Anthony. 
uh, on and we were on Discord. Yeah. And like he was making comments about the different noises my character my cards made. He's like, yeah. See, that's really weird that they made that like the 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 noise for Love Struck Beast. I'm like, oh, it makes a noise. <laughs> He's like, what are you talking about? I said, I've never heard any of these cards make any noises. Yeah. And Me he was either. like, you just play in silence. Like, well, because of that, he just conceded. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, okay. Uh, yeah, I'm like, I, I don't know what yeah. the noises these I, cards I make. I also play with Arena Muted. I don't listen to Arena whatsoever. Yeah, so we had promised that if we played against someone from our friends list, we would yeah. unmute the emotes. <laughs> so I did just so I could Yorgo Anthony a few times. <laughs> And I forgot to mute it again. Yeah. It took like four matches the next day for me to go back and mute them. <laughs> I was just sitting there and someone just started spamming your go. And I was just like, oh, yeah, I'm off this now. <laughs> yeah. Cool. <Thanks. laughs> cool. I like to pretend that you guys can't interact with me. You, you mean people out there. Yeah. So mean people in the world. You can't get at me. Speaking of mean people in the world, I wanted to take a quick minute here to talk about magic finance the finance minute yeah this time of year is kind of important for magic finance um there's a couple different things that happen and i didn't think or i thought it was prudent that uh, i let you guys know like what's happening okay typically january is the best time of the year to get rid of cards that are going to rotate in september you're going to get the most money for them and typically they start to see less play from this point going forward because you'll have more sets, more powerful cards, different themes, more support for newer stuff. Yeah. So it's a good time to look at your collection and kind of determine what decks you may or may not want to be playing going forward and kind of clean out your binders a little bit. Real quick this morning, I went through and picked out some of the more valuable cards that are probably going to start seeing less play and may not see much play after rotation. So we've got Vraska Golgari Queen. Does see a little bit of play in Modern. Does see a little bit of play in Pioneer. But most of her value, I believe, is from Standard. She's $16 right now. And I don't think she'll hold that through September. No. Hydroid Crisis right now is $20. Most of its play is in Standard. Does see some Commander play. Does see a little bit of Modern play. Does see some Pioneer play. But that's probably not going to be $20 a year or more from now. Yeah. Uh, Spawn of Mayhem is 7, sees only standard play. Uh, Liliana Dreadhorde General is 16, sees almost exclusively standard play. Um, Nissa is 6 bucks. There are a million Nissas out there, and she does see a little bit of play in Modern and Pioneer, but most of her play is in standard. The 4-mana Vivian from M20, Arcbow Arc Ranger, Ranger. Uh, she's $16.00. And does see a touch of pioneer play, but is mainly just standard play. Chandra Awakened Inferno. Yes. Sees only standard play. It's thirteen dollars. And uh the Cavaliers from M twenty are between like five and eight bucks a piece, and they're pretty much exclusively standard only cards. Yeah, it's gonna be harder at least for the next I don't know, six to nine months, let's say till rotation. Yeah to know what Pioneer looks like, to know what cards are going to be viable in Pioneer. Right. Right. So before I would get rid of cards and I would keep cards in my collection that I thought could see modern play at some point. Yeah. Or like I secretly wanted to see modern play. Right. Right. 
but with Pioneer, since they might ban like Forest, yeah, in January, you have no idea what is going to be like viable in Pioneer in six months. Yeah, and like so on makes- top of just the bans, like there's ancillary bans, like bans that don't actually happen but do happen, like Kethis. Yeah. Has been hit with every ban announcement so far, even though it's not been targeted with a ban announcement. Yeah. So you just have all these cards that are, you you don't know what cards are going to be good. I think right. as, when you're clearing out your collection going into January, or sorry, into, in January and going into the rotation, yeah. you can safely get rid of things that have like, kind of like big mana costs. That yeah. don't do something like absurd that like you might get value from if there's a way to like cheat a card in right. coming into Pioneer. But for the most part, like, you know, the draft rare five mana or five red red mm-hmm. stupid enchantment that never does anything. Mm-hmm. Like that card's safe to get rid of. Yep. But it is hard to like look at stuff now. One of the rules I have for when I like clear out like especially commons and uncommons mm-hmm. is I look at things and I go, does this have a unique effect? Right. Even if that effect right now isn't super useful, mm-hmm. is it something that is unique? So Yeah, and this is something that we've talked about before in our finance episodes also. Yeah, you just want to keep the stuff that is like lower in mana cost because as the formats get bigger, the mana costs go down. So right. high mana cost things usually don't work out well. Yep. So like Liliana Dreadhorde General is great. Mm-hmm. But she costs six. Right. Right. You might be dead by the time you get to six. Yeah. And she's also fighting for a spot in a deck with Garrick, which yes. I think is, for the most part, generally seen as a better card. Mm-hmm. And Garrick isn't going to rotate in September. Yes. But, like, so there's not a lot of reason to keep Liliana and right. say, like, oh, she's going to get played in Pioneer. It's like, well, no, she costs six. Right. Right. Like, and like the control deck of the format is blue white, right? Because you have supreme verdict. Like, there's not a black analog to like bridge you to your six mana planeswalker. Correct. And making one two two is worse than making three one ones. True. <laughs> so, yeah, but just like we haven't seen, we were talking about this before. We haven't seen like we haven't had a rotation with Pioneer, right? As a format, so yeah, we, we don't, don't know, know how it's going to impact the market. But a lot of our listeners are newish. This may be like the first January that they've gone through. So yes. maybe they don't know that this is the time to liquidate. Um, so I just wanted to get it out there, let everybody know that this is what you should be thinking of in the next few weeks. Yeah, I usually wait a little longer. So I'm not kind of hamstrung on what decks I can play. Right. So I lose a little bit of, of equity by waiting a little bit. Yep. But I usually, this summer is usually when I'm like, I'm only, I'm going to be limited in what deck I can play because I'm not going to have yeah. as many cards. Mm-hmm. I'm going to try to like guess at like what deck I want to play. Mm-hmm. And that's going to be the deck I'm going to play. Cause I'm going to like make my collection. Usually when we go to our, our, our event in May, yeah. I just take my like standard binder and just go to someone and like put it in a fat pack box and hand it to them. Yeah. I want reserve list cards. Yeah. Give me reserve list cards for this <laughs> for this standard crap. And then they usually give me reserve list cards. Yeah, like this year you turned your standard binder into a Grim Monolith, right? Yeah, I think I got three Grim Monoliths out of my standard stuff. Yep. I usually wait to, to do that. Mm-hmm. 
That's a, a pretty good segue into the next finance part here. Yes. Is uh, all of that money that you're making from liquidating your standard cards, you should dump into high-end cards in the not-so-distant future. Yes. There's a couple really odd things that are happening right now that are impacting the market in a big way. Typically, the, the market this time of year is soft anyway. Yeah, because, I mean, people have to buy Christmas presents... Right. Particularly people that are, a lot of people that have the high-end cards are typically yeah. older players that might have right. kids and families and like they've got to like. Aunts and uncles and nephews and nieces and yeah, they've in-laws. Got to, and, yeah, they've got to try to turn their yeah. their high-end cards into money to do Christmas stuff. Right. Because of that, the market is usually soft this time of year. On top of that, the like high-end, old-school uh, reserve list stuff has been pretty much nonstop increasing in price for two or three years now. Yeah. So it's about time for a snapback. And because it's, you know, this time of year, it's it happened to snap back recently. And because it's this time of year, it's hitting extra hard. I'm not sure if we're quite at the bottom yet, but it's a good time to start thinking about it. And even if we're not at the bottom, we're probably close. Yeah, if you miss, if you miss the bottom by... 10 or $20, it's yeah. not the end of the world. No, not at all. But because we're near the bottom, there's a potential for money to be made. So it would be a good place to put some of this cash from getting rid of some of your standard stuff. Even, yeah, and even if like you're not making money, just like being able to get these older, particularly reserve list cards, yeah. just so if you are interested in playing Legacy, this might be the time to pick up a dual land. Yeah, and not just legacy. But obviously legacy. Legacy is a great format and I encourage anybody and everybody to get out there and buy a legacy deck if you have the means to. But EDH plays a lot of the same cards as legacy does. That more and more people are getting more serious about EDH where they're wanting to put, you know, dual lands and mox diamonds and that sort of thing in their EDH decks. Um, so that's a good reason to buy some of this older stuff just collectors people that like the old cards i like the old cards i think they're awesome i don't necessarily play with all of them but i think they're sweet i like to collect yeah. them and then for investing like just trying to make a buck on it i would really really implore you all to take a peek at the market and see what's going on right now the buy list prices the, the reason i bring this up is the buy list prices are a good way to kind of gauge what the market's going to do because a company will make a change in its buy list before it makes a change in what it's selling the card for. Yeah. I know dual lands in general are down right now. Buy list price for a revised Bayou is about 160 bucks, I think, which is, you know, 50-ish dollars cheaper than it has been recently. One of the ones I mentioned to you before the show today when we were talking about this was Drop of Honey. Buy list for Drop of Honey is $170 right now. That was a $900 card a couple months ago. Yeah, and like you can think about the buy list prices. They give you 50 to 60% of what they judge the value to be. Right. So if they're buying them for 170 they're mm-hmm. judging the value to be 350 to $400. Right. Not... A thousand, right. not nine hundred or whatever. Not what they've been, certainly. Yeah, and I mean it makes sense. Like, you know, part of the the magic finance thing that I think gets lost on people is 
cards have no value till you sell them. Right. And you can say that a drop of honey is $900, mm-hmm. but... Until it, you find someone to pay $900 for it, it's not worth $900. It's not worth $900. It's like, drop of honey is played in one deck. Mm-hmm. That's not even a great deck anymore. And that deck also has a $1,500 card in it. And four $500 cards in it. What are those? The Mox Diamonds. Are they $500 now? Well, I mean, not quite, but okay. I was making a point. Yeah. But like to get into that deck, you've got to put $2,500 into yeah. five cards before you get to right. needing your drop of honey. That's played in the sideboard. It's played, yeah, it's played <laughs> your $900 sideboard card. Yeah. So... Right, like there's probably not a huge market for that card. Mm-hmm. Same with when, like, when moats went from like yeah. 150 to like 600. Yeah, moats not played anywhere. Anywhere, like it. I've played against a moat once out of miracles, out of miracles, yeah. and that's it. Like, yeah, so and I don't. They know, don't like, run it anymore. So I don't know, like, where the people were that were spending 600 dollars on a moats. moat. Yeah, I guess if you like had your entire Legends collection except for Moat, <laughs> and you were super jonesing to have a Moat, yeah. maybe, but it wasn't like you're like, oh man, I can't play in this Legacy tournament because I don't have a moat. moat. It does get soft around this time every mm-hmm. year, and I think also right with Star City dropping some of its Legacy support, yeah, that has scared a lot of people, mm-hmm. and I think with all the eyes on Pioneer, I think people are trying to get their money into Pioneer cards. Yeah, that's another good point. I was actually hanging out at our LGS on Friday before FNM and had a player come in that's new to the area, had played Magic in the past, and was asking when our Modern Night was. And our Modern Night is technically Tuesdays, but since the Pioneer announcement, we haven't played Modern. Yeah. Like, there hasn't been a game of Modern played in our local game store since Pioneer was announced. Everybody's playing Pioneer right now. So he had, you know, previously bought into Modern and bought into his deck and then moved here, had some whatevers, hadn't played for a while, like hadn't played since before Pioneer, and was asking about playing Modern. And, well, his deck isn't even close to legal for Pioneer, and nobody here plays Pioneer or plays Modern. Yeah. So it's, you know, now he's trying to liquidate his Modern deck to buy into Pioneer just so he can play Magic. And so, like, I think the the Pioneer combined with, like, Arena, Mm -hmm. right? A lot of people have had to spend a lot of money to get into Arena. Arena. Yeah. So I think this is just spreading people pretty thin. Mm -hmm. So the place that, like, makes the most sense to take the hit are, like, the legacy cards. Right. Stuff that's not going to... The older cards, because they're not going to see a ton of play. Right. And if you just want to play, it makes sense to, well, I'm going to get off of my bayou mm-hmm. so then i can buy a know, standard deck a standard deck or i can buy like most of a pioneer deck yeah because right like you know getting off of like your legacy deck probably gets you three or four pioneer decks oh at least yeah yeah like i have the whole formats yeah basically yeah so yeah i mean you sell a 700 hundred dollar volcanic island and you can probably buy two complete pioneer decks yes so many Pioneer decks just in my safe. <laughs> That's what I tell myself. They're just Pioneer decks and waiting. <laughs> I've like never played like a Volcanic Island in like a serious tournament ever. I played Grixis Delver in a tournament once. I mean, I've played like show and tell like um, when we used to have Monday Night yeah. Modern, but like 
not a big tournament though yeah like i'm not gonna drive like six hours and like go volcanic island ponder like no thank you no thank you i am good thanks You had an interesting point before we started the podcast about something LSV had said. Oh, It's probably yeah, yeah, yeah. relevant, so why don't you... LSV has been cubing because it's a cubesmith. So he had a video up where he was like, he just records his stream. Mm-hmm. He like double dips. He like streams and just records it and posts it to, to right. YouTube, which most of them do. And he was talking about like supporting the podcast, mm-hmm. supporting the stream. And he was like, you know, a good way to support the stream is to just buy or sell your cards to Channel Fireball. Mm-hmm. Like, I helped start Channel Fireball, yada, yada, whatever. So he was saying that, you know, this year has been really tough on local game stores yeah. and just physical magic card retailers in general. He's yeah. like, if you look over the past year, like, TCG had to lay off a bunch of people. A lot of people. Star City Games, like, cleared out a lot of their content yeah, producers. They were, I mean, they couldn't afford to. They were, you know... I don't want to say trimming the fat because they got rid of some great people that, you know, obviously weren't fat, but yeah, they had to make cuts. And they also changed their whole like website business model. Like now you can't read any articles unless you have a subscription. Right. Unless you're paying $5 a month. Yep. He said even like Channel Fireball, Mm -hmm. uh, he's like, you know, things have been tough for us this year. And he was like, we've had to like, you know, let some content producers go. Like they lost Sigrist Mm -hmm. and... PV yep. and like which are huge names. I mean, that's a big deal. Yeah. And I think it goes to something I I I think I talked about before is like I think magic in general is moving to more of a casual space. Yeah. And so the people that they have brought on in their stead yeah. are like Jamie Topples. Right. Which like more of a casual mm-hmm. draft stream kind of thing. Vince better known as Pleasant Kenobi, yep. more of a casual, like fun. Well, uh, yeah, thing. way more of a personality than a pro. Yes, yeah. and so I think they've brought more personalities on to appeal to that casualties. Anyway, yep. he was like, things have been tough this year for yeah. physical magic card sellers. Right. So it makes sense that if you were a store, I've been at GPs and I've heard people say like GPDC, mm-hmm. not this year, but the year before, a guy was just talking about how smart he was that he's just been buying reserve list cards for the last like three years. Yeah. Well, if you've been buying reserve list cards for three years and now times are tough, yeah, you got to get off those reserve list cards because you've got to like pay your rent, right? Right. So if you're not like selling your standard cards because standard is getting played on arena and hasn't yep. been that great, yep, and you're not selling your modern cards, like you did get a bump because some of your like in between cards now see play and pioneer, but like you're like if you're losing those, two, if you lost those two markets this year, yeah. Right, you've got to find some way, and you know, so there might be more cards just in the market. Yeah. Well, it, it was also a really tough year for game stores, not just because of that, but because Wizards is moving almost away from supporting game stores. That we got the Secret Layers, that's their you know first foray into selling singles to customers, bypassing local game stores. Mythic editions. Yeah, like the those. Mythic editions were the same way. They got rid of MSRP, so now Wizards isn't the bad guy when prices go up. It's the local game store. They don't sell to game stores anymore. You now have to deal with a uh, distributor, okay, which means prices go up because now you're forced to have a middleman. There's just a lot of little things that they're doing that are kind of sticking it to the LGS. I mean, they they do sell direct to Amazon, though. Right. 
Right. So now yep. you can buy your boxes from Amazon. Right. It used to be that game stores like the the From the Vaults mm-hmm. and I guess the Spellbooks to some degree yeah. were games local game store exclusive things yep. that would typically let game stores like Recoup. make a healthy profit on something. Yeah. And like those products have like gone away or are less yeah. popular. Yeah. Or so, don't have the value that they used to. Yeah, so I think that you definitely see you might be seeing more high-end cards being sold because yeah. people need to get off of their high-end cards. They can't just have right. You know, they can't have you can't fifteen s- dual lands in their case yeah. that they're not going to sell because hey, I don't have a place to put my case if I don't get three grand this month right. to pay my rent. Yep. So I can move these dual lands. Mm-hmm. That's just something to be like aware of. Is there might be you know unfortunately chances for deals where people are yeah can't have cards anymore just to have cards right so yep keep an eye out yeah and if you guys like aren't checking out holiday cube you are doing yourself a great disservice if you can't watch twitch yeah uh for whatever reason like just doesn't line up louis scott vargas posts most of his cube drafts on youtube um, youtube he is probably uh, one of the better cube people to watch. Yeah. Uh, Numut the Nummy does the same thing. He posts most of his cube drafts and he uses automatic editing software. Okay. So whenever there's like a lull where he's not saying anything or not much is happening on the screen, it mm-hmm. automatically edits hmm. it down till there's something going on. That's kind of cool. So it doesn't mess up with you watching the game, yeah. but it takes a video that might otherwise be two hours and makes it like an hour and a half it's like Hmm. someone just like hit like jump ahead 10 seconds anytime there was like dead time that's pretty so it makes them go a lot faster yeah why don't you uh explain holiday cube okay so holiday cube so a cube is a curated set of cards that you draft with that's singleton Mm -hmm. cubes are typically 360 or 540 cards Mm -hmm. And you draft them just like you would draft any other draft. You get three packs of 15 cards. Mm-hmm. But each card is, again, there's no duplicates. Right. And there are specific archetypes right. built into the cube. Mm-hmm. So when you draft a cube, you're not trying to draft the best deck. You're trying to build effectively like a constructed deck. Mm-hmm. You start drafting and you see like, oh, I got three mana dorks in my first four picks yeah i should maybe be mono green Mm -hmm. and that's and that's very specifically mana creatures and then big finishers yeah or you get like a fourth pick sulfuric vortex which Mm -hmm. is one red red for an enchantment that deals two to a player on their upkeep Mm mm-hmm and you're like, oh man, sulfuric vortex, mono red must be open. Right. And then you try to draft mono red. Yep. Or there's an archetype called Storm that mm-hmm. wants you to cast a bunch of spells. Yep. And it's fun. It's solving a puzzle, but it's also god awful. Yeah. It like has a really low <laughs> win rate. Yeah. But it's really fun to do, and I think it's fun to watch. It's a lot of fun to watch. Uh, LSV is notorious for forcing Storm and like winning with Storm decks that have no like actual win cons i once watched him win a storm draft where his win con was bouncing siege game commander with infinite mana and then throwing (laughs) goblins goblins 
but you're like you're drafting these archetypes. There mm-hmm. you there's a bunch of different archetypes and you're trying to somewhere in the first pack find your lane and then build your deck. Yeah, the a cube typically has some sort of stipulation or theme whether it's a pauper cube Which that's all commons. commons, a peasant cube that's commons and uncommons, a cube from a specific block or blocks, a cube from a specific time period. Or, like, this one is a power cube. Yeah, so it has the power nine, and it has uh, a bunch of mana rocks in it. And the mana rocks allow you to do big, splashy things. Yep. So it has a lot of... So the games can be interesting um, uh, and long, but they also can just end kind of abruptly because you do something Absurdly powerful, yeah. You go, like, turn one, you're, like, land, soul ring, black lotus, tinker, get... Blightsteel Colossus, yep. which is an 11-11 indestructible that has Infect. Yeah, it just ends the game. And if you if they get hit with it, they, they die. And so it's like you have one turn to answer this, mm. right? Or, you know, so you have all... So you can have these really cool big things that you would never get to do like in normal magic now. Yep. And then you just get to play with these old neat cards and have all these like kind of neat niche interactions. Yep. It's, uh, a, it's a lot of fun to watch. And like I said, if you if you haven't seen it, I strongly recommend you check out some of those videos on YouTube or Twitch yeah. or whatever. So the so there's, I think, uh, Numatanami, LSV are kind of the two best to watch. Mm-hmm. Gabby Sparts is Gabby is a streamer who is like super like friendly and mm-hmm. like she's bubbly. Yes, and she is a pretty good cube drafter. Mm-hmm. Um, she has LSV on her stream a lot. She'll actually like the streams yeah. will be like drafting with LSV. Yeah. So you kind of get like that that like pair. Yep. Uh, if you watch streams like I haven't watched Caleb D in a while because sometimes uh, he rubs me the wrong way. But, oh, I like Caleb D. I've been watching a lot of his lately. But Caleb sometimes he comes off as a little aggro to his like chat. Sometimes when they're yeah. like dumb, he's yeah. just like you guys are dumb. <laughs> um, he's also like a really good cube drafter when you he's typically among the leaders in trophies Mm -hmm. for a cube like just going 3-0 yeah like he very much drafts decks to try to trophy Mm -hmm. Numat will sometimes but it'll also be like oh this looks fun yeah i want to do this fun thing and lsv always just does the fun thing yeah but he's also better than most people so he's like still 3-0 yeah so anyway Speaking of not playing Paper Magic, yeah, Arena. So I, again, uh, as we've talked about, I'm kind of off standard. Yep. But uh, we have some people that are not. So, again, was it James and Ken did the bulk of the work? Thanks, guys. You're the best. Yeah, they, they, uh, they're doing the Lord's work here. I'll be back for Theros. Yeah, so, yeah. Oh, and Jason K. I don't know Jason. Jason's a new one here. All right. I think he's been messaging us. Okay. All right, so we got Jason, Ken, and then down here in gold with me. I hey, I did I did one one line. Thank you, <laughs> Jamie G. Um, so they got forty seven matches in. Wow, nice job across the uh, across everything. And I'll send this out hopefully today. I'm traveling tomorrow. I'm meeting yeah. with the in laws, so no, we'll see how it goes. Uh, <laughs> but again, a huge chunk of off meta almost half yeah and i feel like we're pretty like dialed into what the meta game is in the sheet yeah but you're still seeing randomness yeah, ken mentioned he was like i think people are just off it and just playing random stuff he's mm-hmm. like i just see nothing but jank yep and 
this usually happens at the end of a format. It does. Especially when there's like nothing to really play for. There aren't any, at least around here, there aren't any PTQs. Right. They've already happened. So you're not trying to practice a deck. Mm-hmm. The last PT, uh, sorry, the last uh, GP is happening literally today. Mm-hmm. Fun fact, Planes is unplayable in this format. <laughs> um, it was another super small GP too, right? It was right around 500. 100 people made day two. Man. Again, people cashed that didn't make day two. Yeah. But so the most played deck that we had was a, a tie for Just Guy Fires and Green Black or Jun Sacrifice. Mm-hmm. Surprise, surprise. Surprise, surprise. And then Simic or Bant Ramp was next. Mm-hmm. Sounds about right. Yeah. But I think, again, like I said, this happens at the end of almost every format. The mm-hmm. format, usually in the last like three or four weeks to a month, new archetypes will pop up yeah. as people like just kind of start doing random things. Yep. And those random things allow like other decks to kind of bubble to the top. Mm-hmm. Or they're like doing like something odd that you wouldn't normally try yeah. the first like month of a format, but in the last like month of a format, you're like whatever. Yeah, why not? I think like towards the end of uh, I forget what standard season it was. I was playing Elder Deep Fiend. There was the mono blue like prison deck. Yeah, that like wasn't a thing, but in like the last month, it just was all the rage because mm-hmm. it was kind of fun and splashy and. Yeah. Like didn't matter. Like you're just like that's the end. Whatever. I'll do this. Right. So this is normal. Ish. Um, ish. Yeah. We were talking at the store. Like, hey, what does uh, when's the last time we've had a a really good format? Do we remember what good formats are? <laughs> and I found one. Yeah. Uh, historic artisan, uh, <laughs> is like the 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 peasant format. The com- the commons and uncommon historic cards. Yeah. It's great. Like you don't get like if you don't answer a one drop, you don't the game lose. doesn't end. <laughs> You're not getting ember cleaved and like games ending. People aren't like playing turn three nisses and mm-hmm. you're like, oh, if they untap, it just ends, right? You don't have any of that pressure of like if I don't specifically have the right answer, yeah, I just no longer get to participate. It's great. I tweeted out. I played mono red, mm-hmm. and then I played drakes. I played blue red drakes, basically the standard deck from last. Uh, yeah, just no uh, no niv is yeah. like the big thing since it's like one of those events. It's just best of one. No need for a cyborg, right? And yeah, so like niv's the big miss. But I mean, the deck was only playing like two nivs anyway. Mm-hmm. And you, you have a terramander mm-hmm. to kind of like I'm playing four terramanders to kind of fill that like I need yeah. an extra threat space Mm -hmm. i mean it's pretty good in the format itself like there's a lot of diversity like there is definitely like the best control deck is like blue black disinformation campaign miserableness oh yeah a bunch of knights is pretty good in this format i've not seen anyone play knights because you get the dominaria knights yeah i have seen like the i played against the black white life gain deck with soul warden the the one drop leaning guy that if you have three creatures you gain a life and it gets mm-hmm. plus one plus one and then bloodthirsty aerialist and a johnny's pride mate yeah that seems pretty and good you just like make giant yeah giant things but there's like there's definitely a a diversity in things you can do mm-hmm. and again i wonder if that's what i played I bet you it is. I played. Uh, I've been playing the like standard events, trying yeah. to bank up gold for when Theros comes out, so I don't yeah. have to pay anything. And I played a game against like a bloodthirsty aerialist deck, 
And I wonder if it was just somebody clicked the wrong button. Maybe. Because I don't think there were any rares in it. <laughs> Maybe. They <just> <laughs> <laughs> Maybe they were meant to play that and yeah, play like, a standard event instead. I thought they, it was really they weird. Had, they just didn't have any historic cards in it. I mean, I've played against that deck in stand, like, yeah. in just in like the the play queue. Have you? I've played against that. Um, it's a fun format. I think the thing that I just enjoy is it doesn't have that snowball effect. Yeah. Like, it's just, you're just not, like, every time, like, oh, man. You actually get to play a game. You actually get to play games, and, like, yeah. you can, like, look at a board and, like, make a plan. Mm-hmm. And for the last, you know, few months, it's just been, like, you look at the board and you're like, well, if they do one of four things, <laughs> I'm I guess I just die. <laughs> yeah. Or it's like, oh, well, I did my thing, so I guess they just die. Right. It's like, oh, I went fires into uh, Sphinx, into Red Cavalier, Blue Cavalier, attack you for 22. Yeah. Good game. Did you did you have fun? I, <laughs> I, I enjoyed myself. So I think that these events, like the artisan events, mm-hmm. or just like the, the, the common and common things, they like kind of fill a space it's like between draft mm-hmm. and like standard where you still have that constructed like you have a deck with a plan yeah but you like you don't have those super powerful like snowball-y cards like i had someone play trail crumbs mm-hmm. they didn't do a whole lot with it but like you can still have like a sacrifice deck mm-hmm. i guess they did ban they banned cat so cats banned in that oh, okay. format so the like do they, they ban oven because you could almost still have a deck. You probably they banned cat. They banned cavalcade of calamities. Okay. And I forget the other thing. They yeah, banned. but you've still got corpse knight, cruel celebrant. Like you, you still have aristocrats yeah. pieces. Yeah. No, I played against an aristocrats deck. Yeah. I think these these formats are a good palate cleanser, and especially with standard being kind of at the end. Mm-hmm. So. Nope, I agree. And I think that was the main arena thing i don't know if there's any other arena news recently not really hop on our social media if you want to get some friends for your friends list yeah we i have a few friends yep feel free to challenge us to a game if you see us on yeah it's it's a little awkward yeah like i think when you challenge someone just the little icon in the bottom corner kind of glows orange yeah it doesn't like there's not like a i don't think there's a dialogue window that pops up that says you've been challenged if you're like in a match okay so like if we're in a match it's not like we're ignoring yeah. you. Right. And on your end, it doesn't tell you when you challenge. It doesn't say like, oh, they're in a match. Oh, okay. So it just leaves it there counting. Yeah. Waiting for them to like interact. So when I challenged Anthony, mm-hmm. I ended up having to text him and go like, I'm challenging you, fool. <laughs> and he's like, I'm in a match. I'll get there in a second. It's like, oh, okay. Yeah. So it is. A little awkward. They still need to like work out some stuff, yeah. but at least you don't have to have like everyone's like. Mm-hmm. name and like number memorized memorized well, that's good one hopefully one day they'll put some sort of like functionality where you can like communicate yeah that'd be nice even if they just limited it to like friends only so you mm-hmm. didn't have the uh like the magic online yeah thing where you're like people are just like horrific right that'd be better so you could just be like hey i'm challenging you i'm in a match give me a second like it would also make it easier for like third-party tournaments, right? Yeah. I believe I read in one of the state of the games that they liked the idea of third-party tournaments on Arena. They liked the idea of like the Red Bull thing or the Twitch thing that they do. Yeah, Twitch Rivals. 
And that would almost make it easier if you could just add everybody in the tournament to your friends list and just click to play a match, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, that would make it way, way, way easier. Because right now, for the like Arena Mythic Championships, mm-hmm. you have to type in yeah. the name and the whole string of numbers yeah. to do a direct challenge. Yeah. So it's kind of... yeah. Also, yeah. it is a way that like if you like Brawl, mm-hmm. it is you can play Brawl right. through direct challenge. So if you can find a few people mm-hmm. that on your friends list that play Brawl, you can kind of avoid the only Brawl on Wednesdays mm-hmm. only. I did play Brawl on Wednesday. Yeah. So if any of you guys want to play Brawl, let me know. Yeah, like I played Brawl on Wednesday too, like uh uh, Golos into giant planeswalkers. <laughs> yes, please. Ramp into Golos. I'll give you two guesses who my my brawl commander was. Corvald. Of course, it was Corvald. Corvald. <laughs> uh, we are old, but earlier this year, when I was uh, streaming with the aforementioned Anthony mm-hmm. uh, on, his, I was guesting on his uh, stream. I have a Discord server. Mm-hmm. Do I know how to like give you a link to it? No. Will I figure it out at some point? Yes. But like I have a Discord server for the podcast. Okay. So at some point we'll I've, got a, that out. I've got a lot planned in this like you break do. after uh yeah. I will figure out how to like have a link to the Discord server and maybe we can do something where then if you want to challenge someone hop on you there. can just hop on Discord and like yeah. find someone who's actually like live and playing. Cool. It's like Discord just like runs in the background for me. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I don't know all the ins and outs. I need to get one of our uh, the youngsters in our circle to uh, show me the ins and outs because Anthony has it figured out. I need to just yeah. like, have him like coach me up. Yeah, we'll make this thing legit eventually. <laughs> we're getting there. Baby steps. Yeah. So I think with that, I think we're pretty much done. I think that'll uh, put a bow on it. Yeah. So thanks for listening. Enjoy your holiday. I'm hoping to get this out on Christmas or right after. Okay. Make sure you hop in and put in your uh, questions for our Q&A episode next yeah. week. And, and with that, you can tweet those questions at us at Casual Tripod. Yep. You can send them to us on Facebook at Casual Tryhard MTG. You can email them to us at show at Casual Tryhard MTG.com. And make sure if you're wanting to, you know, pick up any of the uh, aforementioned cards that are super cheap right now, you uh, use our affiliate link, tcg.casualtryhardmtg.com. Yeah. May Santa bring you all the cards you wanted. All of them. We'll catch you guys at FNM. 